If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello there, and welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. I am so glad that you joined us today. Today is going to be kind of a different episode. I'm inviting my brother to join me on this episode, and we're just going to have a casual conversation about the whole topic of marijuana. Marijuana use has been a topic of heavy tension and anger and really strong opinions and strong feelings on so many different sides of this issue. And and inside of faith communities and, and churches, it seems to be one of those topics that is either just completely ignored or is one that is filled with so much shame and so much judgment that it's not even really on the table for conversation. So my brother and I get really candid and really honest, and we just kind of talk about the whole thing, all the different sides of it, our upbringing, our beliefs, and our friends that we have in our lives now, and and kind of where we've landed with it. So I'm excited that you've joined us today, and I'm excited for you to, to hop in on this conversation. And if this sparks some interest, I would love to invite you to join another conversation inside our Facebook group. In fact, so many of the episodes that I have on this podcast come from conversations inside the Facebook group. And this episode in particular has been quite a topic of conversation inside of our Facebook group. So if you're not in the group already, please come and join us. You can opt in on my website, justajesusfollower.com backslash podcast backslash podcast group. And I can't wait to hang out with you in there. Another note, if you have not left us an iTunes review yet, I would so love that. In fact, I'm going to highlight the iTunes review of the week. And this one comes from Wonderland1971. Totally love that handle, by the way. And this was their review. I have followed Anna's blogs for a long time, but for some reason just started listening to the podcast. I can only relate what I've experienced to when I first read The Shack by William Young. As I read that book, his words connected with me in a powerful way. I had never read, heard, or listened to anything like that, but as I read it, it was like I'd known it my whole life. That's how listening to these podcasts have been for me. They bring validation and healing. I'm learning to sit with my pain and own my story. I'm a follower of Brene Brown too, so I love the commonalities. Thank you, Anna, for your transparency, vulnerability, and compassion that you share. It truly does feel like having coffee with a friend. Oh my gosh, I love that review. And William Young, having him as a reference and as a comparison just means the world to me. If you guys 
have been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably remember that episode that I was so honored to get to introduce you guys to him, and I got to interview him, and it was just a fantastic episode. So he's remarkable. And Brene Brown, huge fan. So she named Drop, or he, whomever you are, Wonderland 1971, you named Drop two of my favorite people. So thank you for that super kind review, and thank you for hanging out with us on this podcast and for following my blog all of that time. What a gift. Happy to have you in this community. So again, if you've not left us a review on iTunes or rated the show, hop over to iTunes, search for this podcast, rate, review, subscribe. It means the world. It really does. And it helps this podcast keep moving. So thank you for that. Without any further introduction from me, let's dive into this conversation. So here is my brother, Jonathan Dimmel. Here we go. guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined by my brother, one of my favorite humans in the whole world. Jonathan, say hi. Hi to everyone. Sorry in advance for the way I sound. I think I'm coming down with a cold. Well, it's just like, you know, a raspy, sexy voice. It's, there's no shame in that. Totally fine. I'm going to go totally with that. Totally fine. <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll totally go with that. Well, I was thinking when I was prepping for this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I get like a huge chunk of my brother's time to sit and like pick his brain and talk to him about deep things. Like we used to do this all the time and now it seems like it's so hard for our schedules to line up. So I'm super like thrilled that we get to do this. You know, anytime I get to talk to you, it's a good time. Oh, well, I'll take that. Thanks for that. Well. You and I love discussing all kinds of things, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to jump on this show for this lovely topic, because I just would love to hear your thoughts on it. And I don't know that you and I have actually really talked about the whole subject of marijuana, so it's going to kind of be fun to see where we both kind of land on this. But, you know, the way we were raised, the information that we were given and that I was presented when I was younger I was presented with the idea of marijuana and pot smoking being like as bad as crack cocaine. Like, I remember that being just this, it's a drug and it's bad and people go to rehab and it ruins their life. And literally, that was the the foundation of the whole idea of marijuana. That's what I was given. And I'm assuming you had the same idea, right? Given to you? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I don't think you could have been raised the way we were and not have thought that it was absolutely evil. And then you'd hear rumors of people who had done it, and it was just horrifying. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. What was going to happen to them now that they've actually done this awful thing? And, you <laughs> right. know, it's the beginning of the end. You know, it's going to just be a, a matter of weeks, and they're just going to be somewhere in a gutter. You know, dying <laughs> yes <laughs> because of, because of this choice yeah well and i you know and in all fairness one of my first encounters with with someone who who smoked pot and who was into marijuana was one of my first boyfriends in high school and 
truth be told, he did end up in rehab and he, he did end up going into a bunch of other drugs and poor choices and a lot of addictive behaviors. And so in a way, again, that was kind of the poster child story of this is why you don't do pot because you end up like this person. And, you know, that that spoke loudly to me. And I don't know if you had similar experiences with other people you saw that jumped into that, um, that train that it seemed to lead to other things. I will say that I didn't have a ton of experience with it growing up. Um, I didn't really have any friends that did it growing up. So it was kind of demonized for me my whole life. Um, and then in my adult life, I started to meet people that um, used it and still thought it was kind of weird. But then I realized, oh, so this is a normal person. This is a friend of mine and they're, right. they use it and they're not crazy and they're not dying. So I think that was my first realization that, okay, I can at least take a step towards the fact that this, this isn't as crazy as I thought it was when I was a kid. Um, and so anyway, that, that kind of just getting into relationships with friends that, um, it wasn't a big deal to them was kind of a new thing for me and just seeing how, how they treated it and, uh, it, it didn't seem to be a big deal to them. And uh, I also, I think that I was a little struck too by thinking through stereotypes I had heard growing up that, boy, I'd really be able to tell if someone was on drugs. I mean, they would just be um, acting out of their mind or passed out somewhere. And, and I found that in a lot of instances not to be true. I found it was actually something that some of my friends were using just because they dealt with anxiety or whatever, and it actually kind of helped them just feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more normal. You know, these are people, though, that weren't really abusing it, uh, at least that I could see. Um, they would they would just kind of do it on occasion, and um, it seemed to really kind of help them with anxiety. Right. Well, and, and again, you know, that's that's the whole other side of the coin is you had the side of the coin that I saw with the first people I was introduced that, you know, whether it had been pot or whether it had been alcohol or whether it ended up being, you know, cocaine and methamphetamines and all kinds of prescription drugs that they were abusing, they were just going to be in an addictive cycle. You know, those, that was kind of the, the group of people that I saw using marijuana was, they were out to abuse any substances they could get their hand on. And it was just an unhealthy cycle. But you, you know, you got to see, oh, these are normal people that aren't addicts and that aren't doing something that's going to be harmful to them long-term. You know, it's just, it's interesting that you had that, that encounter. I, that was not my first interaction with it. Of course, later on in life, I got introduced to people who, like you said, totally different viewpoint on it. But, you know, at first I went in very, very guarded with this whole subject because of how I'd been raised and because of the experience that I had in high school with that boyfriend and that group of people. Yeah, I, um, I, I never really had that experience, but, um, I had an experience of my own, uh, trying it that was kind of honestly, I mean, pretty terrifying actually. Um, and so 
I went from this place of being like, oh, it's it's pretty relaxed, it's cool, it's whatever, you know, the friends that I had that would do it, it just seemed like no big deal, and so I was in a state where it was legal, and so I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try, and I tried it once, and, you know, it, it was kind of an interesting experience. It wasn't, I didn't do very much, so it just kind of chilled me out a little bit, and I was like, oh, that was that was fine, and so, you know, another time came up, and I tried it a second time, and I thought, well, I, I did okay the first time. I'll, uh, I'll do a little bit more this time and just see what happens, and I just so happened to be driving with some friends through the mountains, and we were going up and down an elevation. And I, I'm just like kind of chilling, looking out the window, just like, wow, the clouds are beautiful. The ocean's beautiful. This is really nice. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm just going, um, I don't feel so good. And that was the last thing I remember. And I completely passed out in the passenger seat of my friend's car as he was driving and next thing I know, we're pulled off to the side of the road and my friends are terrified, you know, thinking that they'd killed me. Um, but then, you know, they'd had enough experience with marijuana that they're like, but wait, that's impossible. What happened? Like they couldn't figure out how I had passed out. And so anyway, I was so, <laughs> I had taken so much in um, and I was in a really high elevation and then dropping in an elevation and all those things kind of combined to where my body just kind of panicked and freak out, freaked out. And I woke up and I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. It was, it was terrifying. Um, people would ask me a question and I would try to answer and literally the words wouldn't come out of my mouth. I had oh never felt, I had never felt that out of control and it was really it was a really terrifying couple hours until it finally kind of wore off. And, you know, my friends were just like, man, what happened? And I was like, I, I guess I took too much. I don't know. I'm new at this. I, I had never really uh, done it except for once before. And so then this is like my second experience. And it was just such a negative experience that um, I just thought to myself, oh, my gosh. So the people who grew up like I did and then have these experiences with people who treat marijuana really casually, we kind of just go into that thinking, oh, it's, I guess it's no big deal. But the truth is, if you've never really had experience with it, I was about five minutes before I passed out, I was standing on the edge of a cliff looking out and just chilling out. And literally had I passed out at that moment, I mean, I I could have died. And so I think that I walked away with that from that experience just going, all right, so obviously my body was not in a place where it could handle what I did in the quantity that that I did at that moment. Um, But just to be like, you know, if you're in a place where it's legal and you're around a bunch of people who have experience with it, maybe you've never done it and you've been curious about it, I just think it's really wise to go into it just knowing, hey, your body's not used to this and you might not react the way that your friends are reacting who've been doing this for years. Um, And don't put yourself in a situation where you could, 
something could become unsafe. You know, if you're going to do it, be in a safe environment, be chilling inside, don't be near a cliff, don't be driving a car. If you're in a place where it's legal and you you do it responsibly and it causes you to kind of relax or maybe laugh with your friends or, you know, enjoy an evening, I I personally don't see anything wrong with with that. And that's been my experience. And that's not even getting into the the health benefit side that a lot of people right. have had um, really positive experiences with it. Well, and I, I remember, I remember when you tried it the first time and you called me afterwards and you told me that story, I was like, what? <laughs> Pot's supposed to like chill you out. You like blacked out. Like I just, it, it was really funny, but like you said, it was really scary too, because you were in this place where it could have been super dangerous. You just didn't know how your body was going to respond to it. And you know, I'm, I'm filtering through my head all of the the thoughts that I was brought up with and you were brought up with and maybe some of our listeners were brought up too. A lot of people are like, wait, but but isn't it a gateway drug? Isn't this something that will open the door to using harder drugs and to, you know, this whole lifestyle of drug use? And what what do you say to someone who has never done pot but just maybe had that idea about it, what would you say to them? I would say that if that's a fear that you have, then there might be a good reason that you have that fear. It, it's possible that maybe you shouldn't do this. I mean, I don't think that our inner voice is anything to just disregard. And if someone's like, gosh, I don't want to do this because I've heard all these things about it being a gateway drug and they're worried about that, well, then don't do it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the more we're talking about this, it feels like we're discussing alcohol. You know, there's a lot of people inside of church who are very convicted that drinking any sort of alcohol is wrong because they believe that it's an open door into a path they don't want to take. And if that's their conviction, then I 100% support that because there's probably a reason for that boundary that they've placed in their life. But there's a ton of people, pastors included, myself included, that love enjoying alcohol. And not that I go and get drunk every weekend by any means, but I enjoy beer. I enjoy wine. I enjoy loosening up and having fun with my friends. I don't put myself in any addictive patterns or in situations that are dangerous. And that's not an issue for me. Um, and it feels like the more and more people open up and actually have this conversation about marijuana, it kind of feels like the same conversation. Yeah, I agree. I really don't see a huge distinction between the two, uh, except that if you drink too much, you're going to feel terrible the next day. Um, I don't know anyone who has smoked marijuana and then felt sick or awful the next day you, you usually you usually just take a long nap or you sleep really hard um so i think it is really similar in the fact that you're talking about a substance that um is supposed to enhance your life if you use it responsibly you're supposed to be a a positive thing for you if you use it responsibly because otherwise um you know, then you get into the people who abuse it. And that's obviously a line that I don't, I don't think that anyone should cross. 
Um, and if that's a line that you really struggle to cross, then I don't think you should be doing anything with those substances. But if it's something that you go, you know, I enjoy a, a drink of something at the end of the day. It helps me calm down. It helps me relax. And um, I enjoy it. I, I don't see why marijuana wouldn't be viewed the same way. Obviously, it's not legal all across the country yet. Um, and so there's really, in my opinion, no discussion to be had for people who are in states where it's not legal. But I do see the laws changing, and they seem to be changing pretty fast. They do. And, you know, you mentioned you mentioned someone not feeling bad the next day after smoking a whole bunch. Well, I recently learned that there are no documented cases of any overdose of marijuana. Like, there's none. Medically, there are no documented cases of anybody overdosing on marijuana. And I'm going, okay. And yet, how many cases are there of people overdosing on prescription drugs? Like, and those are legalized. Like, those are legally being handed to people by doctors. And yet, there's such a drug problem, you know, with opioids and all the things um, that people get addicted to. It's like, wait a second. This seems so backwards to me. Right. And kind of just to add to that, going back to kind of how I was introduced to it, it's just friends of mine who dealt with anxiety, social anxiety, or just they couldn't get their brain to turn off um, and literally had been to counseling, had been prescribed prescription drugs and had taken them for years and then realized that this was something that they could do that wasn't addicting and wasn't putting a ton of chemicals into their body and it actually worked better. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You're, that's a perfect segue because um, I want to talk about the medical usage of marijuana. And I am by no means an expert in this, but you and I both, we know a little bit about the studies because our dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's and the research on the usage of what this plant can do for people with Parkinson's and in reducing their symptoms is just astounding. And, you know, and I'd heard the term medical usage for marijuana with people with cancer. And, you know, you hear these vague stories, but when it hits home with someone you love and someone that you're seeing suffering, it definitely gets your attention. And so, um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, given, because I mean, I've only done a little bit of research, but I know that there are, you mentioned anxiety, and I know from the Parkinson's research we've done what it can do for people in that community. Um, what are your thoughts on all of that? You know, like you said, I'm no expert at all, but I have seen a handful of articles about the benefits of that. And to me, you know, gosh, if we are seeing benefits and it's being helpful, to people who are suffering, uh, wh what is it that's holding us back from encouraging that, especially in cases where someone is uh, in a place where they could really benefit from, from the drug, as opposed to something else that actually could be more, um, more unhealthy or more habit-forming or cause addiction? Um, if anything, it's at least worth a shot, you know? And right in there right. with the rest of the drugs to just say, well, let's try this. Again, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the reason 
at all behind it, except for that there's a there's a stigma that surrounds it that it's um, that it's something other than a drug that could be helpful. You know, it's funny that we use the word drug for these really you know awful things like heroin and cocaine, but then we also use the word drug for something that's supposed to help us, something that's supposed to be medicine. <laughs> Same word. Yeah. Um, you know, and to me, marijuana kind of falls right in the middle of that. Like, it's like both of these things we're calling drugs are, to me, much more unhealthy than than marijuana. So. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting to me. Again, it's it's been a perspective shift for me because of the way I was brought up in looking at it differently, because, you know, immediately off the cuff when you're indoctrinated with the idea of this is illegal, this is a bad thing, this is a drug you should never touch. You have instant fear when it comes to anything about this. So I completely empathize with the people who feel that fear when it comes, when this subject comes up. But when you step back and you, and you think about what you just said, like, okay, we are talking about a plant that grows naturally in the ground and yet that's bad versus chemicals that are made in a lab that have all of these horrific side effects and have all of these addictive traits to them themselves and they aren't natural and we don't know the long-term effects of what these prescription drugs can have on our bodies. And yet this natural plant, we're not allowed to grow and put in our brownies or, you know, however someone wants to take it. It's just like, wait, what? How did that happen? <laughs> like, it right. just, it seems so silly to me. Right. And obviously, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than eating, uh, you know, a little bit of spinach, but, um, <laughs> right. so right. I think, I think That's obviously fair. there's, there's a lot of responsibility and age limitations that are put in place for a reason. It's not something yeah. that, you know, should just be out there for anybody. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I really do think, though, that for someone, just thinking about the people who probably listen to your show, um, you're just listening to a conversation between, you know, two two siblings here that are, are kind of just treading through this water, you know, trying to figure out what we think about it. Um, there's so much good information out there. Um and I just think if, if anything, that this conversation can even just encourage someone to go, you know, like I, I, I've got this friend who struggles with anxiety or I've got, you know, this person in my life who struggles with Parkinson's. I'm going to do a little research and see if there's some sort of oil or something that could really perhaps uh, be beneficial. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a conversation that's just strictly about, um, oh, yeah, we're just trying to say that pot's OK for everyone. Like you can really just take it however you want but I really think that there there is something in it for probably just about anyone we all know someone who's suffering we all know someone who's dealing with some sort of health problem and it's at least worth looking into to see if there's something that could benefit that person and make their life easier you mentioned the oil portion of it which I'm assuming you're mentioning the cannabis oil can you because I for a long time, I didn't know what this was either. Can you explain the difference between cannabis oil and, say, smoking marijuana? Like, what's the difference? That is a great question. And I am not going to give you any sort of a smart answer. 
Um, <laughs> but my understanding is that um, they are they are extracting the part of the plant, um, the oil, that essentially when you use it, you don't feel any of the effects of the drug um, as far as like the high, uh, which I think is the thing that people are most worried about. Um, and so they're I know a lot of people who use CBD oil, um, and for various reasons, um, and there's absolutely no high, if you will, there's no kind of drug effect to it. What they've done is they've just taken kind of like the health benefits out of the plant and put it into an oil. Um, anyway, and there are a lot of different benefits for different ailments, and uh, that's why it's kind of becoming a pretty widespread thing now. And that, am I am I right in knowing that's not illegal, right? The cannabis oil is not illegal. Is that right? right? That's kind of yeah. sold just about everywhere in the States, as far as I'm aware. I know that they sell it here in Tennessee. Um, pretty sure they sell it in Missouri and Kansas. Yeah. And so if that's, that's not illegal. And so smoking it, though, which you would get the high off of, that's where it becomes illegal. Is that right? If, in certain states, not in all states, but in certain states, that's where they draw the line. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, you know, I, I'm, again, I'm new to all of this just with the research we've done with dad and my own research for myself because I deal with anxiety. And over the last year, I've developed IBS. And all of the research I'm doing points to this. And I'm like, okay, there is something here. Like, this is really fascinating to me. So all of this is just, you know, off the top of my head stuff I'm just recently stumbling into. But there's such a, and you mentioned this earlier, there's such a stigma around this whole thing, which is really hard for a lot of people who, and I have a lot of my listeners who've reached out to me and told me their stories of needing to get a medical marijuana card or needing to um, use the oil for anxiety or for chronic pain or for anxiety. And I know one of my listeners' ch child has severe anxiety, and this has been a huge help for them. But they, they like, can't talk about it in their faith community or in their church without being immediately shamed. Why why do you think, just in your opinion, like, why do you think there's so much shame and fear around this? For whatever reason, we were just raised in church to believe that marijuana was just throw that in there with any other sin and I don't know why but um, it seems to be that we were kind of taught it was it was just as bad as 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 any other thing that we could any other wrong choice we could make uh, this yeah. is this is another one of them and you know we all know what those were growing up it's like there was just the list of like the youth group things that we you know it was mm -hmm. almost like a rotation of messages of like 10 <laughs> messages that they'd tell us like, you know, don't do drugs, don't sleep around, don't, you know, all the things. And that was just one of them. And so you just kind of took it at face value. And, you know, you saw you saw exactly what they were talking about when you're going, oh, OK, well, you know, I don't want to get addicted to drugs. I don't want to <laughs> waste my life away in some gutter, you know, shooting up heroin. <laughs> and I guess I guess marijuana is the beginning to that, so I don't want to do that. But what's funny is I, I think the reason it got thrown in there so heavily is because a lot of that generation did experiment with marijuana. And I think there was a lot of um, 
a lot of shame probably placed on that generation for abusing marijuana, uh, which, I mean, it's the 70s. I think there was a lot of uh, drug, marijuana, whatever abuse going on, you know, because you can take marijuana and if you want to check out and you don't want to deal with your problems, you can just smoke your life away, you know? Yeah. And I think that, I think there was a lot of, a lot of that going on. There's still a lot of that going on. Unfortunately, with everything um, in this world, we have a choice to abuse it or um, use it as it was intended. And this is no exception. Well, yeah. I mean, I think of that in the same way as I would look at alcohol. You could definitely take alcohol to a level of escape, to a level of alcoholism, to a level of completely avoiding life and responsibility and issues. I could do that with ice cream too. Mm. You know, I could completely use food as a way to handle my emotions and handle my anxiety and handle my stuff. Let's talk about that for a second. Marijuana was demonized, but how often was there a sermon on gluttony? Oh, right? Like, like never. Actually, like, never. That's actually a sin in the Bible. But how often <laughs> were we just like, well, hey, we got we got a supper after after church today, and whoever you know eats the most is going to win a prize. Who knows? But, I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying that was nowhere on our radar, but yet that was actually no. talked about in the Bible as a sin, and and for good reason. Like, that that literally is just like God common sense. Like, hey you're going to die really soon if you overeat fatty foods. Like, stay away from it. <laughs> Moderation. Like, Moderation. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's so much wisdom in that. And here, you know, people are like, gluttony, that's a weird sin. It's like, no, it's common sense. Like, duh. <laughs> right. Right. It's so true. And and like you said, for some reason, this this whole subject of marijuana usage has gotten lumped into a different category when truthfully it's it's the same as eating too much ice cream okay ice cream is great it has for me it has a huge emotional benefit i don't know about any listeners but for me emotionally <laughs> ice cream is very useful for me but i can't sit there and eat a whole carton every night no that's not what it's there for it's a treat it's a it helps me in the moment. I know um, friends of mine who do really struggle, though, with what you're talking about. Really? That literally, like, food, ice cream, sweets, like, it's it's an, mm. it's an addiction, and it's a fix for them. That. It literally, when they're in a dark emotional place, they will eat, and it is, like, the only thing that they find comfort in, and they just, I mean, they will mm. go to town. And so... Yeah, like the fact that we don't really talk about that in church, uh, right alongside abusing anything else, but we talk about, you know, the guy who smokes once a week as being a heathen. It's like, no, let's let's let the guy smoke once a week. It's chilling him out. He's in he's having a good time. He's not doing anything that's like terrible, but like on the other hand, you've got someone who's like really struggling with like like emotional binge eating and it's like the only thing that they know to do and we're not talking about that um to me we need to change the conversation from oh we've got the stigma around marijuana to just like okay let's just talk about any unhealthy addictive habit 
that is destroying mm-hmm. our lives. And let's just lump all those into a category. And yeah, there's going to be some marijuana in there, sure. But there's going to be a lot of other things that we never talk about that are just as harmful. Well, and when you start digging at that, you have to unlayer and unearth the reason why someone would tend to fall into an addictive behavior in the first place. And usually it's unresolved pain, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast so far. Um, Unresolved pain and unresolved hurt and damage to our emotional or spiritual or mental or physical self it can wreak havoc because we will constantly, constantly try to avoid looking at it until we finally are willing to sit with it and get to know it and work through it. And that's hard and it's uncomfortable and no one willingly wants to jump into that pool because it's, it's discomfort and we have been conditioned to avoid anything uncomfortable. Um, and so you're right, you know, this is which now that I'm saying this out loud, it kind of leads me to think, oh, well, yeah, of course we would demonize things such as the pot smoker or such as, oh, that guy, you know, he drank too much or whatever it is we want to label on somebody for doing too much of because nobody wants to look at our own stuff. It's so easy to point the finger at somebody else and say, well, look what they're doing. That, that guy smokes pot. And meanwhile, you know, like you said, you're binge eating or you're drinking your sorrows away or whatever you're doing to cover up your own pain that you don't want to look at. When maybe the guy smoking once a week is dealt with his pain and he just enjoys smoking once a week or whatever. I think that there is a habitual issue, especially inside of faith communities, of avoiding the hard stuff. We don't like to admit it and we don't like to look at it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I honestly don't think I have any more to add. That was well said. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, it hits close to home, and I hadn't even thought about that till we were talking about it. So, okay, like you said earlier, it seems as though this is being legalized at kind of a rapid pace, um, and there are more studies coming out and more information coming out about the medical benefits of of the usage of marijuana and cannabis oil and all the things. And, and a lot of people argue, you know, there's more benefits than there are anything negative to say about it. A lot of people have that argument. As you see this moving more steadily across the nation, how do you see churches responding to this? Like, what, what do you think um, faith communities are going to be responding to this? Do you think it's going to be like a, a non-issue? Like people just don't talk about it? Or do you foresee this becoming something that the church might get militantly against. Hmm. I, I think, I think with every issue, you're going to have a, a mixture of both. You're going to have some churches that are a little bit more forward thinking and they're probably just going to go, well, you know, if it's legal here, then, you know, to each his own, but then there are definitely going to be churches that are rooted in, no, it's wrong. We don't care if it's legal. You know, we're going to tell you that, you know, whatever they're going to tell you, I'm not going to put words in the church's mouth, but they're going to be against it no matter what. Um, I think it really takes a personal experience. Uh, for me, it was seeing someone who really struggled with anxiety and seeing the immediate change and the the just them able to take a deep breath 
and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they kind of come back to being apart instead of uh, super super anxious and super stressed um, or or it's the parent who sees their kid who's just freaking out for who knows what um, there are I can't even remember how many different conditions that I've seen, but I've seen a handful of conditions in children. Um, I'm pretty sure Tourette's is one of them where, you know, these kids, they like, they're like abusing themselves, not on purpose, but they'll, they'll hit themselves involuntarily. And then they're given cannabis, cannabis oil. And all of a sudden it calms them. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it takes these, these personal firsthand experiences for people to realize, wait a second, why was I against this in the first place? You know, I think it takes that moment for them to realize, I don't know that I even know why I think this. I've just always been taught this, you know, for the conversation to kind of shift. And I think that's going to take a while. Um, But I do think that it will slowly start to happen because we're seeing it happening right now. And I think that we are seeing it. it, it it's pace is picking up. It's it's happening at a more rapid um fire type of speed than it was before but I think it will continue along that trend who knows if in our lifetime we'll see the church just be completely okay with it uh, or not but uh, I think that it is moving that direction well and I think you 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 framed that really well because people are afraid naturally we are naturally going to fear things we don't understand and things we have no personal connection to and it isn't until you are in close proximity with that thing that all of a sudden it becomes humanized. All of a sudden it becomes, oh, wait, this isn't that scary. You know, once you get up close to something and you get to know it, it, it removes a lot of your preconceived fears and ideas of it. And, and you're right. I think the more people are willing to just have those conversations and and not immediately judge someone who is using marijuana, but instead get to know them, get to know their story, get to know why, get to know what led them there, share in that experience with them in seeing that this is benefiting their life. How is it benefiting their life? And learn from them. We can learn so much from people that are different than us. And, you know, for a lot of people like myself until recently, I, I had no no reason to research it, to look into using it for myself, like no reason at all. It was just this foreign thing that I kind of encountered with an ex-boyfriend. You know, it's it was not anything that hit close to home. And the older I've gotten and the more people I've gotten close to, the more I see other sides of stories and I see, oh, this is really a benefit to so many people I love. Why was I so afraid of even talking about this, you know? And right. so that proximity thing, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because you think about how many people who have suffered with something that it could have really, they could have really benefited from knowing the information yeah. that we know now. Um, it, it is sad to think about, but at the same time, uh, I think it's really good that the conversation is, is being had kind of in an open forum type of way. Uh, you know, and just with the internet, you're able to see so many things and read so many things that you weren't able to even 15, 20 years ago. I I think that plays a huge role in it. You know, you're seeing video documentation of these kids like completely change and be able to calm themselves down. And you're seeing, you're seeing medical experts talking about it and all this stuff that like, it it was so easy to kind of just live in your own bubble before the widespread um, 
information that the internet has provided us, which is has been, in my opinion, kind of a blessing and a curse. But I'm going to look at the blessing side of that and just that you're able to really try and get the whole picture of something instead of just what you're told within your small circle of people. Right. Okay. So this will be my final question for you on this, on this juicy topic. So Jonathan, in your opinion, can people still be Christians and smoke marijuana? Yes. <laughs> I, I think Do they need to, re- I think is repentance they... needed is repentance needed after one smokes marijuana. I, you know, I honestly, I know it's kind of a joking question, but I know that there's some people who would really take that question really seriously. And yeah. the truth is, um, I'm a firm believer in the Holy Spirit, and I'm a firm believer that he speaks to those who listen and who truly are seeking what he's saying. And so if it's something that you try and you really feel like the Lord's laying on your heart, hey, this is wrong you need to repent, then by all means, you better do it. But if there's someone out there who really feels at peace between them and God, um, and, and they feel okay, and it's legal, you know, then who, who is to say that what they're doing is wrong? So, um, in that instance, I would say, don't worry about it. You know, if, if you feel it right, and you feel at peace between you and God, there's no scripture that says thou shalt not smoke marijuana unless 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 it's been uh hiding from me all these years <laughs> so you know that's 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 how i feel about it anyway and i i really do think that to to some people like like we've talked about you know if they're if they're smoking it and it's an escape from reality and they're just living in this world that's not real they might feel convicted about it. The Holy Spirit might say, this is not good. You know, this is not where you need to be. But then, you know, you go across town and someone who's really struggling with anxiety or struggling with something and they, they're able to find uh, peace and all of a sudden using it's able to bring them back to, back to reality and, and not worry as they were. And they're able to, you know, be better wives and be better husbands in those in those moments then goodness gracious i i wouldn't be surprised if holy spirit's going okay we'll see if you can handle this we'll see if you can not abuse this we'll see if this is something that you can continue to make a positive thing in your life you know what i mean i feel like it's an ongoing conversation with the lord about this type of stuff well and it it leads to the the easy litmus test for me on just about anything these days is look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Is the fruit good? Okay. Breathe easy. Don't stress. Is the fruit terrible? Is it bad? Is it harming other people? Is it harming you? Yeah, probably not a good move. You know, there's so much wisdom in just simply looking at the fruit of something. And, and I think for a lot of people, they get so, um, and actually a lot of my listeners and I, even when Pete Enns was on the show, um, not that long ago, talk about PTSD from being conditioned to not trust their inner voice and not trust, um, where they feel God would lead them or their own ideas or their own knowings or their own convictions, because they were convinced that it was wrong. Any thought in their head was wrong. 
And so there's a lot of trauma around that. And so for a lot of people, there there can be panic and there can be fear on making a decision for themselves between them and God. And so one of the easiest ways I've helped friends and listeners and people I pastored navigate through that was, okay, just simply look at the fruit. Is good fruit coming from this? If the answer is yes, I venture a guess that God is behind it because all things that are good come from him. If the fruit is bad, let's look into that. Let's talk about that. Let's dig a little bit deeper there. To me, that's an easy test and an easy way to navigate where we should land and where we can be free to let go. Both of those things, I think, to quote Pete Enns again, holding our theology lightly and loosely and allowing our inner voice and the Holy Spirit and God to completely lead us in whatever path we're meant to walk. That's my little, my little soapbox. That's great. I totally agree with that. I mean, gosh, that that good fruit analogy is so useful in so many scenarios, whether it's relationships or, you know, gosh, it's just so far reaching. It's a, yeah, that's a really great way to think of it. Yes. Anything simple these days, Jonathan, that's where I'm landing. <laughs> how can I make this, how can I make this simple? You know, that is, that is the way, uh, that's a, that's something we say in the music business. That is to kiss something. Keep it simple, stupid. Oh my gosh, I love that. Can we like, you know how they have a whole bunch of Bible translations, like the Bible for the young girl, the Bible for the single person, the Bible for the businessman. Can we do the Bible for keep it simple, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would really just have uh, one section in it. And it's pretty much Jesus just telling us, to love the Lord our God and to love others. And then I think that would pretty yeah. much sum it up. I think it would. I think it would be one page. Love God, love neighbor. All done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I so appreciate it. Well, I'm honored that you thought my voice worth heard. <laughs> I always think your voice is worth being heard. Jonathan, thank you again for being on this podcast. This is twice now for you, and I'm sure it won't be the last. So thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.